Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Blessings and welcome to Elijah Streams. We are so excited that you can join us. I am so excited about today's show. I can already feel the Spirit of God moving on it, the glory of God moving. So I am so excited about what God's about to do in this show. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Yvonne Atiyah and I am filling in for Steve Schultz. He is on a getaway with his sweetheart, Doreen. They are well, they are enjoying their time away and they are so appreciative of your prayer and all of your support. And so I wanted to let you know that this show is being recorded. It will be airing. Um, it will be airing on Wednesday, June 28th. And it's going to be super exciting. I am excited about our guest. He is an incredible revivalist. And when I have a look at his ministry, it's amazing. The miracles um, that are breaking up the places where God's using him. So it's going to be amazing. And I'm speaking about David Herzog. So we're going to be bringing him on in a second. But before we do that, I wanted to share with you this incredible Um, clip from the wells, God is doing some incredible stuff. And so to me, it's a clip of celebration of your generous giving. This clip is so beautiful. There's such a joy over it. And so it's about a witch doctor who gets saved. And through that, Elijah's streams begin to dig a well in the area and revival breaks that the whole community is impacted because of your generous giving and donation. So let's go and watch this clip together. Hi. My name is Tumezo Enijovu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Inyati. And as we were preaching, a witch doctor gave his life to the Lord. And that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on. And this is just something outstanding, something that will propel our vision and gospel even further. This community, as I speak, is a different community and will never be the same. Everyone is talking about it. Yesterday, school children came in numbers to witness the drilling. And today, we installed the pump. We saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water, but now it's a matter of uh, opening the tap. We put the tap for the community and the tap for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there. Our community now knows the love of the Lord. I want to express my gratitude to Steve and Elijah's dream for the support you are giving to our communities. All gifts are valuable, but water is life. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to resource you. Awesome. This is just so beautiful. And today is just the day to say 
Thank you. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for taking part in the move of God that is happening all around the world and in Uganda. And if you've been watching those clips and you've been prompted by the Holy Spirit, today is a great day to say, God, I'm not just going to be um, watching this, but I'm going to be an active giver. So we just want to say thank you for believing in us and thank you for your love. It is reaching so many people and it is changing so many lives. May the Lord bless you and multiply your giving. Well, I am excited about our guest, as I was saying, incredible evangelist, going to um, really tough places. And the Lord is confirming the message through signs, wonders, healing. So I am so excited. So without any further delay, let's bring in David Herzog. Hello, Dave. <laughs> so excited to have you on the show. Oh, great to be with you, Yvonne. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, today is the first time I, I ever interview you. And the first thing David said to me was like, shukran, which means thank you. So I am so excited to hear you speak and try and speak in other language and excited about the way that God is using you to reap the harvest. So I just want to say I'm excited about this show. I really feel the tangible presence and glory of God over this show, even the moment you came on and we were speaking. So I want to hand over to you. Tell me some testimonials, what God's been doing, what you're up to, and then we're going to get into those amazing points that you have for the show. Okay. Well, we've been, you know, traveling the nations and seeing God move in glory and power. This year we were in Argentina. Um, we, we tried, they're trying to reopen the great awakening of Argentina revival that they had in the eighties and nineties. So we went there and tested it out in Buenos Aires. It was packed out and half the crowd, the first night got saved and more than half the second night got all unsaved people. And so they said, you know what? It's ready. So next year they want us to come and do like, they're trying to organize five stadiums in two weeks, like every other day, every two days to try to reopen the nation. So that's for Argentina, Pakistan. We've been going to Pakistan, as you know, we went earlier this year, we had 100,000 saved, and we're going back, and we'll see 200,000 saved in one night, Muslims. Wow. Pakistan, wow. And then let's see, Israel, we, we're going on another evangelistic outreach in Israel right. uh, in, a couple, in a couple weeks here. And then we'll go Kenya, we'll do a crusade there for 100,000 or more people in Kenya. So it's the whole, it's just, a lot of stuff is happening. And God's wow. just moving and miracles and glory. And in our, in our revival center here in Arizona, God's moving. We're seeing crazy miracles here as well. Deliverances are happening. People getting saved, even just in the revival nights and the conferences. So I think God's moving everywhere. Despite all the chaos in the world, God is moving. Wow. Wow. I love it. And so are you can you share with us maybe um, a testimony, something that God's recently done? Oh. Something that stood out to you. God, there's so many of them. Um, I mean, we've been having, you know, just going into meeting, the glory comes. A few words of knowledge, and suddenly tumors are gone, legs are growing out. We've, wow. we've seen, um, you know, tattoos disappear off people. We've seen people lo lose weight in instantly, just suddenly start dropping seven dress sizes. Um, cancer's gone, uh, eyes, cataracts gone. People that couldn't walk, metal, metals. We're seeing a lot of this lately. We've seen it for a while, but it's like more consistent. Metals in the body gone, dissolving. Titanium wow. screws from accidents and they check there's nothing there they, they it's back to bone so a lot of creative miracles and things like this we've seen in the past not recently but we've seen resurrections we've seen you know all that stuff it depends where we're at and what god's doing 
You have to have a dead person though to have a resurrection. So that's <laughs> absolutely. And are you are you finding that there's different places in the world where God is moving more than other places? Like, do you, does a nation stand out right now where there's more hunger, maybe, or more faith? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where, where it's more poor, more oppressive, where life is harder, people get saved in masses. In the Western nations, where life is a lot easier, you have many options. It's not the same hunger because people say, well, I can go to the doctor. I have money. I can go on vacation. I, I'm a little depressed. I'll take drugs where in other countries they don't have any of those things. A lot of people. So that, yeah, the Bible says the gospel is preached to the poor. So preaching to the poor is one of the characteristics of the gospel. It's for everybody, the rich and the poor. But if you go to Switzerland and Zurich, you're not going to get 100,000 people saved in one night as you would in Pakistan. So it's everyone's on a different level, you know. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I love it. I'm excited. And I know that towards the end, you have upcoming events that you're going to tell us about. Amen. So I'm really excited. Well, I am looking at your notes and I've got to tell you, I read them so many times because it was like, um, I just saw the glory of God and and I just felt so excited. There's an awakening that's coming. So I want to turn over to you and tell me you've got uh, we must reap the harvest while it is day. So tell me, what is God telling you about the reaping of the harvest? And what do you mean by while it's day? Well, there's a, the Bible says, Revelation talks about things. Daniel talks about the end times. We're definitely in the end times. Yes. I mean, we, I mean we, they, people say the end times started when Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, technically. But if that's true, then we're in the end of the end. That's really for sure. Uh, you know, there's all these signposts. When Israel becomes a nation again, it's a nation. When when Russia starts getting powerful, China, all these things. So we know we're in the end. But the Bible says it's not the end yet until this gospel shall be preached in all the earth and the end. So we're not at the end end, but we're close. So a lot of people think, oh, the rapture is going to take place tomorrow. I think it's, or the Lord's, or however you believe that, or the Lord's coming tomorrow. Well, there's a harvest that's got to be reached first. Because Jesus has to get the fullness of what he paid for. He, yes. He's not it, it, we don't, he doesn't want to get gypped off, right? He paid a high price. He wants the souls. So there's souls being saved. And the Lord began to show me. I said, where are we on, on the timeline? He said, the time is short. He told me 2023, 2024, reap the harvest. So I, I think what it means is while this day, while right now you can freely, I mean, we did an open air event in Arizona in March. We did a big, um, I guess, like an outdoor amphitheater. 2020, we did a 50,000 seat stadium in um, Arizona State University wow. got saved. Kanye West, when he was not crazy, uh, came before he went crazy. And thousands were getting saved and miracles. And we had all kinds of things. So it's day. You can still do stuff. You know, I can go to Pakistan and still do a crusade with 200,000 people. So while it's day. Now, remember, during the pandemic, you couldn't even go to church half the time. Yes. Or churches wouldn't open because they were scared. So that's that was like night. You couldn't even do an event. You couldn't even rent a building. No one would rent to you. So what I'm saying is, I feel we have about two years to, to win the souls, and then it's going to try to be night again. They're going to try to lock things down. I feel in my spirit they're going to try to control another pandemic, a war. Some, you know, something is up, the, the, the crashes, digital currency, something to track control, because the devil doesn't want. The, the bottom line is the battle is not about Russia, China, Middle East. The real battle is souls. How many souls can the Lord win for the Lord? And the devil's plan is to kill as many people on planet Earth as he can, so they go to hell before they're saved. So we know there's passages in the Bible where one third of the earth is destroyed, one third of humans are killed by this or that or the other. So it's an end time battle of souls. So that's really, so if you're in the, 
if you're winning, and I'm prophetic too, but if you're winning souls, you're on God's favor. That's what God's favor is because he wants the fullness of what his son paid for. So if you really want to be on the right side of things and not be in fear, it's better to be on offense than defense. I'd rather be on offense than be scared of my house waiting for the end times. I'd rather go to the nations that everyone's scared of and win the souls right there at the gates of hell. And you know what? You have all of heaven. You have the host of heaven. You actually have, I actually feel safer when I go to dangerous countries because now God has to activate tons of angels. <laughs> then if you're just home doing nothing, you can just get run over by a car or something, you know, in a nice mall yeah. because you're not doing anything. So I think the best protection is to be living holy and then doing God's gospel, preaching the gospel, you know. Yeah, I love it, David. And you're going to Pakistan. I mean, a lot of people, they're praying for the revival, but they don't even want to go across the room to, to speak to somebody. Yeah. And so you're going all across the world. And so do you feel, David, when you're there, um, have you felt angelic activity oh, more? Yeah. In, yeah, you have. Tell me about that. Well, the last two times I went to Pakistan, uh, it was about 100,000 people every time. And I'm on the stage. And this last one was really amazing. The one before was Mass Miracles. We saw mass miracles again, but suddenly we saw mass deliverances on a scale I've never seen to that level. These are people that are Muslim. Most of them, they, they never really heard the gospel. It's a free event. We, we pay to bust them in from all over. And they're just there, you know, listening. And all of a sudden, I start speaking. Hey, I command every demonic. And that tens of thousands of people are on the floor, rolling, foaming in the mouth. This mass, mass. And those are the, that's the angelic host, the Lord. Yes. The Bible's called, or the Lord is the Lord of hosts. So yes. we sometimes we know the Lord is our healer, our savior, our provider. But there's another name. And when you release that name, it activates the angelic armies. And that's called Lord of hosts. When King David killed, uh, or David killed Goliath, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Host. Lord Sabaoth, Lord of the angel armies. That's yes. the end time angels are reserved for the end time harvest. Yes. And so while it's day, we have angels that can help us harvest the souls. The Bible says in Revelation, there's this, he says, have the angel uh, reap the harvest and, and put in the sickle for the harvest of souls. Then it's the wrath harvest where the blood and the grapes are, you know, but this is the harvest of souls right now. And so when you do that, suddenly you have angelic backing you up and the miracles are off the charts. You don't even have to lay hands on anybody. It's just like, this boom, just happens. I can't even explain it. Yeah. You just, it's just because... Yeah, I mean, we pray, we fast, we do all that, but there's just, but then there's just God's. It's beyond that. God just shows up. It's amazing. I can't even explain it. You have to be, you have to be there. Yeah. But yeah. even here in America, we're seeing the glory of God really exploding. Even in America, in, in these glory type meetings where people are so hungry. Uh, the last time we do these Sunday night meetings, revival meetings in our in our center, people are coming from. I mean, driving 15 hours, 20 hours to come. To but come. I'm surprised. There's still there. So there is a hunger. There's a remnant here. Absolutely. And and I mean, Islam, you know, I come from those countries. So what a lot of people don't understand is that Islam is rooted in witchcraft. So what you're talking about is so powerful because God is doing it himself by you just being obedient and being there. So that is so awesome. Well, I have here, um, I want you to speak about the double portion of the harvest and also Somehow you are, you have a heart for Israel. So I'm, I'm reading your notes and I mean, I personally love Israel. We just came from a trip with Elijah streams. It was nice. powerful. So I want you to um, just explain uh, even to our viewers, your heart for Israel and why is it connected to the revival and to the harvest? 
Yeah, so Israel, it basically, everything's about Israel as far as geographically. He, Jesus is born there, died there, rose from the dead there, and is coming back there. He's not coming to Dallas or, or whatever, <laughs> Tulsa or wherever you think is the Bible Belt. He just so everything's about Israel. Even when you look at Russia, China, the economy, all that stuff, if you have to look at it in the lens of Israel, then you see, okay, well, this is happening with Russia. One day Russia will attack. So this is being set up. Uh, so, the, so, but then again, the Bible says those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. And that that goes for Israel, the nation, and the Jewish people who represent Israel. And, I mean, you're Egyptian, so you know the story. When they were in Egypt and they left, the whole thing collapsed, you know. And, and, and I heard that a few years ago there was a, lawyers in Egypt trying to sue Israel for all the gold and silver that they took out of Egypt. So even the Egyptians know what happened. So it's like... David, the Egyptians, this is funny, right? But the Egyptians until now claim that Egypt was forever destroyed at the Exodus. It was even Egypt never recovered its wealth. So when they when the Bible says that they robbed the Egyptian, that is so true. It well, is they robbed, well, they gave it to them. They didn't rob them. They, they were slaves. <laughs> exactly. They, 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 take it, take it. Yeah, just take it. And they took it. And even up until now, but I think the destruction was through the plagues as well. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, the plagues. That's, that was being a lot. Yeah. So I can completely understand why you're saying it. It's funny when I laugh about it and people are like, oh, you're Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but also the Bible promises a, a row between Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, that those yes. nations will be very close. And in the Feast of Tabernacles in the millennium, when Jesus comes back, every nation will go up to the Feast of Tabernacles, the Bible says. Even Egypt, I would yes. require to come up to Jerusalem. But the difference is they're not just worse, they're not just doing a feast, they're worshiping Jesus during the feast. And he says, if and he says, if Egypt, so God really loves Egypt. He he mentions Egypt by name. If Egypt doesn't come up, it's like I want all my kids there. You know, I want my Egyptians there then I'm not going to pour rain on their land. So it's like, yeah. he's just very, very tied into end time prophecy. It's, it's very, very, very powerful. And the union, but if you bless Israel, so we notice that our ministry, we start blessing Israel, first giving to the poor there, you know, the Bible says to help the poor, they're coming from other countries. Then we start doing evangelistic outreach. When we did that, our ministry began to skyrocket. Wow. I was living on the mission field. I was living in France. France mm -hmm. is a very hard place. Suddenly we're doing civic centers. We're on TBN Europe. Everything just exploded from a hard country because we start winning souls over there and then helping them physically. So I like the story about Boaz, you know, you know, the story about Boaz, right? Ruth yes. and Naomi and yes. Ruth, and, so Ruth and Naomi, Ruth, they're from Moab, which is not, they're not Jewish, you know, they're Moabites and Naomi is Jewish and she had married a Jewish guy. He died. Mm -hmm. it was Naomi's um, son, I believe it was. And yes. so then they're stuck there in a famine war, and they go, and, and Noemi wants to go to Israel. And Ruth says, I'll go with you. I'll help you get there. And so long story short, she, she helps her get there. Because she did that, Boaz, the richest guy there, said, and, and the poor people would just pick from the fields. They would allow the poor to take from the fields free grains and food. And they would give, and he keeps giving her double, 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 because he liked her. And eventually, yes. eventually he married her. So the story, the bottom line is anything you do towards helping Israel, and Moabites would be like an Arabic type person um, the double portion blessing begins to come into your life because because Jesus was came from the Jewish race coming back to Israel and they're not more holy trust me I've been there they're not more holy than other people I mean they have the gay, they have the gay parade in Tel Aviv it's not more holy it's just that God chose it strategically for the end time purposes so he doesn't love them more than other races it's just it's like right now America is a key nation if you come here you have to come here for things to happen 
There's timings, but Israel is just God chose to put his name on it. So that's all it is. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And sometimes it's harder, I notice, for Arab Christians that live in the Middle East because of all the politics. I, I met Arab Christians in Israel that once told me, yeah, we're going to overcome the Jews. I go, but you're a Christian. So it's like that anti-Semitic or not. It's almost like a rivalry between brothers. Like we're going to beat them. So now I'm born again. So I'm higher than them. And I'm going to, I said, no, no, brother, that's the wrong. He didn't get it. You know, so there's, there's still this animal. I remember Benny Hinn years ago talking about it where he's Arabic from Jaffa. I think his dad was the mayor. And he, they still had this thing. And when he moved to the U.S. and Canada, he started getting a revelation. And that's really when his ministry took off. He started understanding, oh, wait, I got to bless Jack Hayford, um, all these ministries, once they got a revelation of Israel, God began to just skyrocket them. So there's something about, and, and then the, what brings the double portion is winning souls in these times mm-hmm. and blessing Israel. Because why, why is that? Here's the reason why. Jesus isn't coming back until there's a remnant in Israel that's born again. They asked Jesus, when are you coming back to the earth to restore the kingdom, restore Israel? He said, I'm not coming until you, meaning the Jews, say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is in heaven, right? Uh, Israel's here, and Jesus is looking. I always was taught, well, he can't come until every nation gets saved. North Korea, the Muslim world, that's part truth. But even if you get Saudi Arabia, all those countries saved, but there's not a remnant in Israel, he still can't come. He said, I'm not coming until there has to be a remnant in Israel that's saved that welcomes him back and calls him back. So the souls getting saved right now in Israel are his welcoming committee. That's the remnant. Then when he physically comes, every eye will see whom they pierce, the whole nation gets saved. So right now, it's the and the remnant that you get saved there speeds up the end time worldwide harvest. Every time I go to Israel, I win another 100 or 200,000 souls in the Muslim world. So Paul gave the secret. He goes, here's my secret. He's called to the Gentiles. He's not called to the Jews. God told your apostle to Gentiles. He didn't want it. He wanted the Jews. Yeah. He goes, okay, because I have a strategy, Romans 11. I go to the Jew first. I win some of them. I make them jealous. And then I magnify my ministry. And if you react this way, you're like, oh, wow, you start to see it. He goes here. He gets in trouble. They put it out. They stone him. Then he goes to the next Gentile, explodes. Goes again to a Jewish town. He gets in trouble. A few get saved, then explodes in Greece, like, or wherever he's, Ephesus and, and, and all these places. So that's kind of the strategy I've been doing. And that's why we go there first to speed up the remnant getting saved. And then it speeds up the end time, time clock of the Lord's return. But before the Lord can return, the Gentiles got to get saved. So basically anything you do towards israel salvation speeds up the whole worldwide harvest that's amazing that's amazing david i love it and that's the double portion that's the double portion and it's amazing because as you were speaking i was reminded of this incident that happened about 10 years ago but i was actually in egypt in the red sea area and we wanted to fly out to israel because we love israel and so me and my husband are going through customs and they look at our passport and they're like you guys born in Egypt, visiting Israel. That's like, that's a no-no. So you're so right. And we were in trouble in the airport. It was like, it was like we were traders. How did you do that? And we were like, guys, we love Israel. But going through customs, it's actually funny. And the Lord taught me not to ever judge by outside appearance. They sent me to this lady in customs because she was like letting us go out to the plane. And she was a Muslim. She was dressed completely. What, what, was, this in, was this in Israel or in Egypt? This is in Egypt. This is still Egyptian airport. Oh, to try to get out of Egypt. Okay, yeah. Trying to get out of Egypt to go and visit Israel. 
she was Muslim and she was covered in, in, in the whole hijab. You would never guess. And I remember she whispered something to me. And you're not going to believe what she whispered. She said to me, I am like you because I was wearing a cross. So she pointed wow. to the cross and she said, did you know that I am like you? And I was like, wow. So even in that passageway, even that there is, yes, there are people who do hate Israel. I, I get it. There are other people who may may look like they do, but yep. the, it, they don't. They actually yeah, love yeah. So, so it's actually so amazing what God is doing through you and through the world in that you know region of the world. It's a, it's a healing for people. It's a, it's definitely a healing for people, and they're coming, David, by the multitudes. Oh, you know, all the, some one 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 day, one person said this to me, a Muslim lady. She said, "You know, all I have to do." Because she came to the Lord and said, "How did you come to Jesus?" She said to me, "I just got sick of Islam, and I said to him, if you are real, show yourself to me.'" And I always say this to Muslim people: it's never by being rational. Just ask God. And he'll, he'll do it. It's his. So you're doing it through, you know, the ministry, through all the, I, I just, it's just so excited that you're in these regions. Oh, thank you. I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I'm reading your notes, okay, and this is just amazing. You said this. You're talking about prophetic glory. And you're saying this. In the glory, prophecy can manifest in real time. Now, I got so excited, David, honestly. And you know what I did when I read this? The Lord began to remind me of old prophecies that still were not fulfilled. And I began today on the couch to just decree them, declare them, and call them in the now. So I want you to lead me through those amazing scriptures and how the Lord showed you this word for the now. Okay, well, the Bible says that you will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We know this. Yeah. So what makes heaven different than earth? The glory. Wow. That's the difference. The presence of God. When you go to heaven, if you if you died right now and went to heaven and say you had a cancer on the earth, how long would it take you to be healed of cancer in heaven? The moment you got there instantly. Yeah. Let's say you, you need some deliverance. Boom, you're delivered. Let's say you had a bunch of debts. You owe the IRS a bunch of money. How long would it take to be debt free? Instantly. <laughs> so, so when you're in the glory on the earth, you can say, oh, wow, I'm in heaven's glory. So now let your will be done at the same speed that it would be had I gone to heaven. That your will be done on earth the same as in heaven. So then when you're in a crusade and the glory comes down, boom, mass healing, mass deliverance, because there's no sickness in, you see, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Now you get a prophecy in the glory. So the old prophecies were more in the gifting, the prophecy or anointing. One day, my child, you go to Africa and you write it down and you wait 20 years and you're still waiting. But in the glory realm, it, it's not even predictive. Prophecy is actually creative. It's being created as it's being spoken. Yes. So like, for instance, Peter told Ananias Sapphira, oh, you lied to the Holy Spirit. He's prophesying, you're going to die. Well, it was, it, they dropped dead immediately. It was an instant because the, the higher the glory, the less the time it takes for it to come to pass. Wow. Same with the healing, same with the miracle. So many times I'll prophesy something and the Lord will tell me, because you just spoke this, it's now happening. I said, oh, I thought I saw something that's supposed to happen. No, you saw something, but because you spoke it, I'm actually doing it now. So even yesterday, I was practicing this, even like you did. And, and um, I was praying for a certain country that the Lord told me, and it's like it needed to reopen. Within five minutes, not even five, like two minutes, I got the text from this, hey, would you come? I'm like, oh, my God. So it's like it, it's, it's in real time. It's not like years later. Because they see time, harvest time, right? As the glory yes. increases, there's less time. There's no time in heaven. Yes. So if the glory gets stronger, see time, harvest time, see time, harvest time. And then all of a sudden, same time. Before you can yes. finish saying it, 
the miracle, the doors open, the thing starts to happen. So prophecy in real time. And as we're in the end times, time is running out. So things are coming to pass fast. So that's, I don't know if that explains it to you, but that's where the glory, like even I've been transported. I shared this on the last show, driving my car, eight hour trip. And we were there an hour, hour and a half supernaturally. Wow. God bends the time continuum in the glory. So if I'm driving eight hours, but I'm worshiping in my car and the glory starts coming, God starts to bend point A and point B shoot, become the same location. He bends time. You know, the floating acts of Elijah, suddenly it, he called it back up. So when you prophesy something and you're in the spirit and you're seeing it and you're speaking to it, the thing you're talking to sees you seeing it and saying it. And, and it doesn't know what dimension you're in, past, present, future. It thinks you're already there and it starts manifesting in your present. Wow. Okay. I want to ask you a question. Is declaring enough? Because I know our wonderful viewers are thinking, okay, David, I received all those prophecies. I've written them down. But what about, like, is there, would there be hindrances? For example, I may declare, but deep in my heart, you know, I, I'm just not believing or there's doubt. Or, so is, is just declaring it enough? Or even do you release the glory first? Do you even say something like, Lord, I release your glory so that you enter into uh, this zone or you access oh, this place? So, so I, don't, I don't declare anything. When I have my prayer time, I don't declare things until the glory is there. How do you right. bring the glory? Praise, yes. and, praise and worship. I praise them first. That's the fast breakthrough warfare songs. And then I start going to intimate worship, love songs. I love you, Lord. And then I go, go, go till the glory gets so thick. And then a lot of people right there start declaring. I don't declare yet. Then I wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. And I wait. I put. I leave some backing music and I wait. Sometimes 10 minutes, 30 minutes can be longer. And then I, God will show me things, new things that I didn't know. And I'll start to declare those things. And then I'll start to declare the things I'm believing him to do that he told me before. And then it starts to happen in faith, obviously. And then I see it happening in my mind's eye. I'm like, I'm picturing it happening because Jesus said, I'll do exceedingly above what you ask or think. Meaning you can even, there's times I've thought of things in prayer that I never spoke and started manifesting. But if you put the two together, it speeds up even more. Ezekiel 37, he spoke to the bones. They started coming together. Then as he looked, it, it started forming flesh. So it's the combination of getting the glory, waiting on him, decree a thing and it shall be established. You know, Isaiah 48 says, uh, do you not see, do you not hear, will you not declare these things? They are created now. So there's a, so God had me create the earth. Genesis 1, Holy Spirit or glory was hovering over the waters. And the Bible says the angels were worshiping when God was creating. So we know worship, glory, then God spoke. Even God didn't speak anything until his own glory preceded him. Wow. So you want to be in the heavy spirit of the glory and then be led by the Lord. And, th and the thing is too, I like what Bonky, Brian Herbonke used to say, God pays for what he orders. So if you're, <laughs> you're trying to claim something that he's not really telling you, you just think it's maybe God or you want it to be God. And sometimes if you get it, it's, it's you're in debt now. It's a big problem. So I, 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 Jesus said he only did what he heard and saw his father do. So when he did do something or decree something, it always worked. So that's a lot of, all that stuff is in my books, but, but a lot of people, they, they don't understand. They think it's mechanical. Yeah. If, I just say, if I say these special words, magic something's gonna happen no it's intimacy it's a relationship it's you know it's moving. Just gonna ask 
you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the intimacy, but I'm so glad that you took us through this journey because people are like, okay, I'll just decree that prophecy or, but it's, but they're, they don't have the ongoing relationship with the Lord. So, and, and even when I was reading in your notes, you mentioned Mary to me. I mean, I read that story many times when Mary said to Jesus, this is the time now to, you know, no, no, she said they don't have wine or the wine's finished. And yeah. he was, what do you want me to do? Do you think that her words activated something? It's, it starts with her words, but, but her faith and her words. But here's the difference. She saw something. So Jesus, the son of God says, imagine, he's, he's not playing false humility like, oh, mom, I don't want to show off. It's not my time. Please, please, please. Okay, mother, you're my mom. No, that's not. That's how we think humanly, especially Middle East mothers, right? You know, they know how to not manipulate, but you know how to get your guilt trip. Come on, you, I did, I raised you, I did everything for you. You know, can you just help me? Care? You know, that's not what it was. The Son of God said, "It is not my time." Clear, not time. Yeah, and He's Son of God, and Mary hears. Sure, I don't know. She, she does. She's, she says, "Oh, great! Whatever He says now, just do it." She, so what, here's the difference: in the glory, there's no time. She in the glory saw His future. And made it present Amazing. because because the future is not really future it's there all along been waiting for us before the foundations of the earth god's already created everything she went to the future if you can see it now in the glory it becomes present and jesus said basically oh she's already there wow. Another example, and, and then he did it another and it was his first miracle which started his ministry which the disciples now believe he was the messiah and he maybe said to his mom thanks a lot mom don't do that again now i'm going to die in three years <laughs> the start of the time clock. I could have waited, waited till 50, 50, Jubilee, and then started my, I don't, who knows, you know? So don't mess, surprise yeah. me, don't do that again, mom. You just messed with the time clock. And then <laughs> the Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus, please heal my daughter. You're healing these Jewish people. And he says, he, he says something like, so, so he, she call, he calls her a dog, but a dog, it didn't mean, a, it, it just meant like, it's not time for the Gentiles to be saved yet. Yeah. It's basically saying, I can't, I've come first for the lost tribe of Israel. Basically saying is I got to get all these disciples ready, get people healed and saved in Israel. Then I'm going to die, go to heaven. Then when Paul gets a revelation and gets saved, you Gentiles can be healed, can be saved. The order is I have to go to the Jew first. Then yeah. she goes in the future somehow and sees like, I know God's a good God. Even the dogs eat the crumbs at the master's table. Like, I know you're a good God. And eventually you're going to help everybody. So she goes into the future in the glory but there's no real future in the glory. It's all, it's all now. Yeah. Yeah. And he just says no. And now he says, yes, that's yeah. the only time that you can change God's mind. You can't have it in this dispensation time, but if you're there, it can become now. That's, that, that's, that's, so yeah. Powerful. People have prophecies over your life. We're waiting 10, 20 years when they're actually been waiting for you all along. God, yeah. Ephesians 2, 10, God is pre-planned, pre everything waiting for you to walk in it. Uh, promised land they waited 40 years they could have gone in 10 days yeah. so a lot of us are waiting for something that had already happened it's uh, david what you're saying is just so amazing because you even like you know i speak to so many believers and this is what they say and and sometimes it sounds holy but it's it's empty of holiness because it would be like you know i'd love to go and heal the sick and do all this but i'm waiting for the lord's timing you no. know and yeah, the Lord's timing. And it's like the Lord's timing is now. And what I'm hearing you say and what I love about what you have here is that when Mary went out to Jesus and said to him, you know, they have no wine. Or when the Syrophoenician woman, you know, said to him, heal my daughter. 
when they did this, it just came out natural. In other words, they didn't sit there, dream it up, and then say, oh, I'm going to bring the future into the present. And no. so sometimes even by us doing life, Christ is in us, and you're saying something, you know, you're not meaning to say, hey, I'm about to prophesy now. I'm about to bring the future into the present. You're just doing life. And yeah. it, so trust. So can you, would, would you think that people should trust the Holy Spirit that's in them if they just end up saying something? Maybe that's God bringing it. Or does it have to be in the time of prayer? You know, I know it happens in times of prayer, but it can also happen throughout the day. Yeah, because people say, oh, I'm going to be used of God one day to heal the sick and preach and people get them saved. I'm going to have this big ministry. No, you start where you're at. You're at the Walmart. You're at the grocery store. You're at the gas station. You see someone bent over. So people say, well, I didn't feel led to pray for them. So you know what yeah. I tell them? You know what I tell them? It doesn't say feel led. It says heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel. It doesn't say feel led. It doesn't yes. say. So what I tell people as a joke, I say, buy a piece of lead, leave it in your pocket. And every time you see someone that's hurting or sick or a homeless guy, I don't feel led. Oh, I feel led. And then you start praying for them, healing. And then, and then eventually you can take off the training wheels and you just start doing it automatically. You take away the lead. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it says to do it. I don't ask, oh, I have to pray. I'm at the store and I see someone that uh, arm, he's got a cat. I go, what happened? Oh, I broke my arm. And the doctor said, it'll take four weeks. Oh, hey, can I pray for you? I've seen people get healed. Usually say yes, almost every time. And I pray for them. Oh my gosh, it feels bad. And then that's it. Then you, how did you do that? Oh, Jesus, you know, he loves you. He's actually can save your soul. It's so simple. Or if you're prophetic, you get a word. I'm hearing something like when you were young, your dad did something to you. Is that true? They start crying. How did you know? And then boom, and they're open. It's like so, it doesn't take a whole lot. And many times when I'm at the gym, oh, and I want to do a quick workout and go. And then this, this guy, just some dude, hey, can you help me? Then he goes, they start opening his life to me. Yeah, my girlfriend left me and I lost my job. And my brother died in a car accident last week. I know. I'm, oh, my God. He's just plopping it right in front of me. And Christians get that all the time. They go, oh, I'm so, so, that's too bad. Yeah. And they go home. It's too bad. You have the solution. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, well, it's, I, I, it's not my time. No, it's, it's, it's it, it was already pre-created. Just start what you can do now. The baby steps. If you're faithful with little, he'll give you much. You know, you don't start off doing, you know, and don't do it for in America. It's like, they want fame. People want to be known, want likes. They want to feel like, look, I'm doing something on Facebook or Instagram. Don't do it for that. Just do it in secret, just in secret. Help the poor, heal the sick, just, just be, you know, and then every day is exciting with Jesus. You just get in the glory in your room, do your life. And as you, as you go, you know, and then God will also open doors, specific doors that are planned, but you don't have to wait for those. That's the, the awesome part of it. Every day can just be the joy of your salvation every day. It's just, you're so happy to be in Jesus, you know, or I was happy to pray yesterday and the glory came on me and then I declared, and then I saw it happen. And one minute later, I'm like, Ooh. It's like every time it's exciting, like this is a real thing. It's not a religion. And so if some of you are watching, I think sometimes you get, maybe you get bored in your Christianity. You get bored in the Lord. You, you're like, oh, I don't feel like reading the Bible. I feel like praying. I feel like going to church. Probably because you're not living on the cutting edge daily. So you're losing that. And then apathy comes in. Then the emptiness comes in your soul. Then you try to fill it. Hey, let's go to the movies again. Well, you just went four times this week. Yeah, let's go, let's go again. Let's go to the mall again. Let's buy more clothes. Because you're trying to feel the emptiness with clothes or materialism or another car, another, and, and you still not, and nothing fulfills that. The only thing it fulfills is being in the glory and intimacy with Him and doing His will. And that, and then while you're waiting to do the big thing that God's called you, start the little stuff, you know, just every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, David, I remember, you know, after being filled in the Holy Spirit and praying for the sick, the hardest place to pray for the sick was among believers. Mm -hmm. And it was, 
the easiest time when I was ministering, you know, ministering to millions of Muslims through the airways. getting healed like you know we were just like and then when they were getting healed this is funny right because we were surprised when they got healed we were like oh my goodness like they actually got healed and then it was that time that we learned the power of Christ in us. And I tell you, you know, a lot of believers, you come and you put all these rules to God. Oh, you got to be filled in the Holy Spirit first. You got to be, be a believer first for any for you to even be healed. Well, those Muslims, right, they, they were still Muslims and God healed them first. And it was yeah. through miraculous that then they became. And we were like, God really used us? Like just by us saying on air, be healed in Jesus' name. God did. So... Today, believers are surprised when healing happened. We're on the opposite side. We should be surprised when healings don't happen. That's it. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. I, well, I, I learned that in Indonesia because I was there and I was used to preaching, you know, and then we're going to go into miracles and then I'm going to, pray they're gonna get healed and these three muslim guys they were in wheelchairs i didn't realize they're wheelchairs i thought they were terrorists or zombies i'm preaching and they start walking on the stage kind of walking weird i'm like what the heck is this and i thought they're demon possessed they were just like walking towards me so i kind of act like i didn't see them and just kept preaching i thought it was a disturbance or something weird was happening then i asked the translator finally you know i was coming i was next to the wall i couldn't go through the wall yet i said what are these guys doing on stage they just start walking up and they look like weird. He goes, oh, you see the empty wheelchairs? And when you mention the testimony of what you've seen before, they just, one guy just got up and he realized he was healed. And the other two just, they tried and then they just come in. And they're walking funny because they just got healed. They've been paralyzed for years. So it takes a while for them to get this, to get used to walking, but they're walking. Oh my God. And I'm thinking, oh, how rude of these Muslims to get healed before I told them it's time to be healed. Wow, 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 wow. Because they don't know the protocol that you have to wait. Christians were trained, wave the preaching. Then the, I've had people get delivered coming to the meeting off the street in Chicago and in California. They didn't know what this music is. They walk off the street, instantly delivered of demons in the glory. And then they get, this is a funny one. I said, the guy got saved before he got saved. Because then he was in the, then he was, all the demons came out of him. And then he kept saying, I give, I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my life, Jesus. Then he testified on this after I said, did anyone get touched? And he says, Wow, I, I just came off the street. I'm a drug addict. All my demons left me. And I kept saying, I give you my life, Jesus. Forgive me my sins. So I said, actually, you got saved before you officially got saved. But let's make it official now for the Christians so they're happy that you're saved. And I made him pray the sinner's prayer again, officially in public. But so the joke was he got saved before he realized he got saved. That's so funny. That's, David, does it ever go, get old? Like when you see miracles, I know you've been walking in miracles and seeing them, but does it ever, like, do you still do you still have the same excitement as the first time? But, I, yeah. I, I've been doing this over 31 years and I'm still, I'm like a little kid, you know, I, because every time you see it or, or just when I go to the store or the mall and someone gets saved, one person, uh, we were at uh, Armani store like a few months ago and we're, with my wife in the store and I'm buying her something, you know, and then this girl, she's like this, like early twenties. And I go, what's wrong? She goes, Oh man, I have these terrible headaches. I've had them for years and it's getting worse. Let me pray for you. So I pray for her. Isn't it? She goes, Oh my gosh, she, I, you don't understand. This is huge. Then I go, Jesus did it. Jesus loves you. He, he can, and he, I can pray the right now receive Jesus. And then the girl next to her goes, well, I'm Catholic. You know, is, is this a cult or something? I go, no, Jesus is not a cult. 
Catholics believe Jesus, right? So is Jesus a cult in the Catholic Church? They go, no. Okay, Jesus is Jesus. So the other one was opposing her. She got saved, and then the other got saved. I love it. But, but there was a little bit, little bit of resistance. Like, well, well, I'm not talking. I'm talking to her. What are you? Another coworker, you know? And so you don't just say like. So you don't just say like, you know, I'm only going to the mall with my wife. I haven't. So in other words, what I'm hearing you say, you don't have an off day. Like even if you're going to the mall, it's like you're not in front of the, you know, the, the oh, thousands. They don't know who I am. I'm just in shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm just, right. I don't, and I don't tell them either. I'm not an evangelist, Charles, I don't tell them. I just pray for them. And, uh, and they get saved. I tell them to go to church. You know, I, I tell them what to do, follow up. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm not like necessarily had just come out of prayer. I'm just at the mall, you know, like, so and a lot sometimes you're traveling let's say international you have a red eye and then you're tight you wake up you didn't have time to pray and god uses you and you think oh my god i didn't pray today but it's still not based on your works even though we need to be praying all the time but many times i'll oversleep or let's say i jet lag and i fell asleep on the plane i wake up and i have to go straight to the meeting from the airport and oh my gosh i didn't prepare anything what am i going to preach I, i'm not prayed up and i'll show up in the most glory miracles that i've ever seen happen there's other yes. times I said, I'm going to really pray today. And I pray, and it's, it's okay meeting. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to show you it's not your efforts. Even <laughs> though, but when I tell you to pray, you pray. But, when, but you needed to rest because you were exhausted. Because you rested, you could hear my voice more clearly and move and operate in the glory. So I learned another secret is sometimes right before a meeting, if I hadn't slept, and I have one hour and I have to pray, sometimes the Lord tell me, go take a nap. I said, but Lord, it's an hour, a big thing. Go take, I take a nap, oversleep. Oh, quick, get dressed, go. And more glory and miracle will happen than if I try to pray exhausted the whole time because you're, you're just tired. So there's all the little, sometimes the rest of the Lord shows the grace of God also. But there's other times he leads you to fast and pray and war and do. So it's really being led by the Lord. That's the secret. Yeah, amen. Well, you know, David, as you're saying that, I was, re I was reminded of Peter and John when they healed the lame man. They hadn't prayed up yet. You know, they were going to the temple to pray so that miracle happened yeah. first. but even as you're saying this i just feel in my spirit when you pray for our viewers at the end there's going to be people there you will be releasing evangelists because there are so many people they're like i'd love to start somewhere i don't know how to start and you pretty much said it. it's as you as you go so i'm i'm excited about that but i also want to ask you about something super excited you spoke about goshen and uh, we're coming into some serious times. A lot of people are worried, David. Like, they're just like, what's happening with the economy? Things are getting worse. And, you yeah. know, I really don't understand the prophetic meaning of Goshen in this time. So I want you to share what has the Lord shown you for God's people in this time? Yeah, so the Go Goshen, there's geographical place. There's spiritually being in a place of Goshen. So first is the spiritual. You have to be in the right place in God. If you're in the right place in God, God can protect you. He can, he, you know, even during the, the 2020 pandemic, many ministries, you know, were in trouble. Many businesses closed down. But others I know, ourselves included, somehow we were more blessed in the pandemic than we were before. So because we were in the glory, we were doing things he told us to do. We shifted things and we were like in a Goshen. We were untouched from the plague, from the destruction, from, from the, and we reached more people than we ever did. We, we went on, we'd create a studio. We started doing like, like almost like a TV show with an 800 number with other speakers. And we had, it was exciting the way we, and so it was crazy what God was doing. So there's, there's Goshen's, if you're doing God's will. So in the Bible, if they had the blood on the doorposts, what's holiness, living right, cleansing yourself of the blood, faith, they had to eat the lamb and they were slave, they were poor. They had to sacrifice that lamb, eat it. 
and faith go out. Go and do what God told you to do. If they did that, the wealth was given to them, the glory was given to them, no one was sick, no one was hurt, no one was attacked, and they went to their promised land. So if they didn't do it, they were in the judgment with all the rest of the nation. So I believe the judgments of God are hitting the earth right now. I mean, it's obvious. People say, are we in judgment or are we in revival? It's both. Yes. Book of Acts, the book of Acts, it, it was both. You know, you got people going to jail and you got whole cities being saved. All the weeds, all the wheat uh, seeds that have been sown now are, are rising up to fullness and the wheat and the tares together are being, so So it's the fullness of all things, all good and bad. It, it's the end time battle. So greatest glory, the greatest souls, the greatest power miracles are going to happen and the greatest destructions. You're going to see whole cities destroyed and other cities, whole cities saved. There's going to be areas where it's Goshen, even within states, where this area, because the, the body of Christ is in one and there's unity and they're praying, there's going to be a protection. Kind of like even during the pandemic, there were states that people left and went yes. to states, and those states were like Goshen's. Somehow the economy was fine there and everyone was working. There was lower sicknesses. And then you go to these other states, it was masked and locked down for two years and police bothering you and high crime. And so I never thought it could be like that. Usually it's a whole one or the other, a whole nation. But no, and it's going to get even more Goshen-y, where even within states, there will be places that are, so there's physically, but first is the spiritual. Because you could be living in an area that's very bad, high crime, but if you're living in God's glory and God told you to live there, He can, the, the death angel will pass you over, the plagues pass you over, the poverty will pass over you, and it won't touch you. So really, it's being in the place in God, in the blood, and also doing God's will, winning souls, yeah. blessing Israel. You know, for 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 praying for the peace of Jerusalem, that it'll go well. Because if it goes bad for them, it goes bad for us. If they get terrorism, we get terrorism. The moment they start getting terror attacks, they, they warn us it's going to come to the West. You see, if you don't protect us in America, Europe, oh, it's not a problem. Then we got it. If they are in a war, we're going to be in a war. It's always parallels in the spirit realm. So if it goes well for them, it'll go well for us. So you really pray for it goes well for Israel because you're praying for yourself. That's basically what. So yeah. But I love, I love, I love Egypt. Every Egyptian I meet are so funny and interesting. Even the unsafe ones that they have a personality is very different. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, you know, I I don't know what it is, but I just see Egypt all over you. I really do. I feel God's going to send you to Egypt. I see multitudes coming, David. There's something in the Middle East, and I just I I see it all over you. So. Praise the Lord. It's, it's, it's amazing. What's coming is amazing. Well, I would love for you to pray for our viewers. And I just feel in my spirit that there's going to be people watching you, especially young evangelists. There's an evangelistic call on their life. So I would love also for you to pray to release them into their calling and whatever the, the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Well, let me see if I feel led to pray for them. Yes. Oh, I feel my lead. I feel my phone. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's. Well, so I, I don't know if it's the right timing to pray. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Just pray without ceasing, so there's no time. Take care of the lead. Take care of the lead. <laughs> so, Lord, I pray for those watching, all those uh, prophetic. I know Elijah is more prophetic, so I'm going to say prophetic evangelists. Yes. You're evangelistic, but you also, like me, the prophetic. I prophesy. I prophesy to governments and presidents and people and get addresses and names. And then also when soul, so you can have both. And Lord, I pray for the prophetic evangelists that are watching right now, they'll have both. And they'll start to move in glory. That great glory come upon them. They go into a deeper intimacy with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father, in their prayer times, which is the real key. Waiting on the Lord, just enjoying being with Him, not even using the prayer time 
for an agenda or to get things always answered, but they would just enjoy to be in the glory, just to be in the glory. Just some days you don't even have to pray for anything. Lord, I just want to be with you. I just miss you. I just want to be in your presence. Just, and when you do that, it so touches his heart, he gives you everything. You know, like, because you're so, you just want to be with daddy. And then he's like so touched. He wants, you know, if my little girl, when they're little, say to me, dad, I just want to be with you. I miss you. Oh my God, my heart's so touched. And then later, hey, let's go get some ice cream. Where yeah. before, maybe they'd just be bugging me for everything. I'm like, hey, no, no, too much. No, you can't be spoiled. But when they're showing their love to you, it's like you want to spoil them. And it's the same with the Father. So I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray faith to step out in the, in the thing that God told them to do in the name of Jesus when they know, okay, I've worshiped, I've prayed, I've declared, and to take the first baby step towards it and see what happens. Because it's already created. I decree revelation knowledge over the evangelists that they would have a revelation that the harvest is ripe, ready for them, and the, but the labors are few, that they would reap the harvest now, even at the store, little, even if it's little meetings you get invited to, just take it, and then God will open up the larger later. I decree that over you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Powerful. Well, David, I know you have two upcoming events, and you have a book. So if I'm going to turn that over to you, tell our viewers what's happening and how they could register and how they can get in sure. touch with you. So we have a... This Sunday, I don't know when this is going to air, but Sunday, July 2nd. We yeah, have, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Okay, perfect. We have Revival Night, Revival Glory Nights. And those are the nights where we see the glory and the miracles and the deliverances and prophetic revelation for the times that we're living in. And so that will be July 2nd. My wife and I will both be ministering in Chandler, which is about 15 minutes from the Phoenix airport. And mm -hmm. you can go to thegloryzone.org and you can register. It's free. It's a free night, but you have to register so we know who, I mean, you're coming so we can prepare for you. So come on Sunday night, and that's going to be awesome. And then we have in um, September our conference, Rosh Hashanah conference during Rosh Hashanah, Decade of Awakening. We always do it during the feast because when you do it during the feast, the heavens are wide open every time. We yes. see the most, most stuff. And so my wife and I will be there again, along we have uh, Prophet Chris Reed and Jane Hammond. And then our awesome worship leader, Steve Swanson, who's been a good friend for many years. He lives nearby. He's been my main worship guy for so yeah. many years. And so, so it's going to be just crazy. So you want to register for that now. Don't wait till the last minute because if we get sold out, we can only fit so many. Then it's, you know, then it's over. So do that. Don't miss that. Amen. And then we will have some info later sometime in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, if you want to come to Kenya with us, we're going to take some people with us on this outreach. Not everybody. We have to screen them, make sure, you know, they, they're strong in the Lord and they can handle it. And we'll want to take them to Kenya, Nairobi, to help us in the crusade. Amen. You know, crusade, cast out demons, feed the poor, heal the sick, you know, all that good stuff. So it's, uh, those are some of the stuff coming. And then the book, yeah. So the book is Glory Invasion. This is a really good book. It talks about the quantum levels of God's glory. You know, how did Jesus go through walls? How did that happen when he right when he, after he resurrected? How do, did Elijah get that thing to come out? How do metal plates in people's bodies turn back to bone? How do things get created out of seemingly nothing, a bald head's growing here? So, you know, prophetic glory. There's a whole chapter on how to prophesy in the glory where it's real time versus prophesying uh, in long time, 10 years later it happens. And so finances in the glory is in that book. A lot of really key nuggets are on the end time glory that you'll need for this book. It's really, because a lot of us are in anointing. We need glory. We think we're in glory, but we're just in anointing, which is fine. But the glory is the next level where you can't even lay hands on the people. Lord, stretch out your hands to heal. Acts 4, and they got healed. Acts 2, they laid hands on everybody. But you're in 100,000 people. You're not going to lay hands on everybody, 100,000 people. 
you need to go to another dimension where just God just zaps them. And, and wow. so that's that book we'll have. So they can get that book too at thegloryzone.org. That sounds amazing. We were with um, Steve Swanson. He came to, with us in Israel. Yeah, he, told, he, he was texting me from Israel. He was, he was funny, but the glory, every time he worshipped on Mount Carmel and all those areas, I can tell you, David, it was powerful. So I'm excited, so excited for what the Lord is doing in your ministry and may it increase and multiply. I, I just want to say thank you. This was so awesome. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is, I am sure that this has blessed you. On Thursday, uh, we have Tim Sheets, so don't miss that and make sure you're subscribed to the rumble channel so you don't miss a thing have a blessed best blessed day and thank you again for listening bye-bye bless you guys this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can listen to the elijah streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on apple google and spotify Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.